Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though. And links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we are talking about implantation, what it is, when it happens, and why we shouldn't get too obsessed with looking for signs that it's happening. I'm Rachel, and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist, a natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. You're listening to the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. Want to say goodbye to hormonal contraceptives and their weird and unpleasant side effects? Want to improve your chances of conceiving quickly and naturally? Sounds like you need my fertility roadmap, my simple three-step system to understanding your body's natural fertile signs and pinpointing ovulation day so that you can use this knowledge to achieve or avoid pregnancy. To grab your free copy, head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash roadmap. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Manor Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I am sharing everything you need to know about implantation. Getting pregnant is not a one-step process, and implantation is the final step where the fertilized egg, now called an embryo, settles itself into the lining of the uterus for a nine-month staycation. When you're trying to get pregnant, it's very normal to be hyper aware of your body and notice every tiny change that happens, wondering if it's a potential sign of pregnancy. The frustrating part is that so many of the early signs of pregnancy and implantation are very similar to PMS. So in this episode, I am breaking down some of the most common signs of implantation that women experience. But just because you don't notice any of them doesn't mean it isn't happening for you. Let's start with the four stages of conception. Implantation, like I said, is the final step of conception. First, we have ovulation, then fertilization, then transport, and finally, implantation. During each menstrual cycle, a follicle within one of the ovaries will rupture and release an egg, ovulation. 
The egg travels into the fallopian tube where it needs to be fertilized by viable sperm in the next 24 to 48 hours. The egg is then transported down into the uterus and, if fertilized, implants into the inner layer of the uterus called the endometrium. From here, the egg will develop into a fetus. If the egg is not fertilized, we know that it's shared with the endometrium on menstruation. Let's go through this now in a little bit more detail. If the egg has been fertilized by sperm, this will happen in the outer part of the fallopian tube, close to the ovaries. When the sperm joins with the egg, they form what's called a zygote, which moves down the fallopian tube and begins to divide into a ball of cells. Even at this early stage of the embryo, those genetic and inherited characteristics like hair color are actually being established. How incredible is that? Okay, so this rapidly dividing embryo is producing hormones that make sure the uterus is able to nourish and protect it. And it's about a week after ovulation occurs that the embryo, now called a blastocyst, attaches itself or implants into the lining of the uterus. Implantation is usually achieved about 12 to 14 days after ovulation, but can be as early as about seven days. And the process takes 24 to 48 hours. Some women will experience sides of implantation, while others will not. And so let me preface everything I'm about to say in this episode with this. You can still be pregnant and experience zero signs of implantation. The only way to truly know we're pregnant is when our period doesn't arrive, but we've confirmed that ovulation has happened. And then we take a pregnancy test. And it goes the other way too. So like I said in episode 27, when we talked about those early signs of pregnancy and when to actually take a pregnancy test, a lot of these early symptoms happen at the same time as our regular premenstrual symptoms in the luteal phase. So sore boobs, mood swings, fatigue, all of those things that we experience between ovulation and our period could be pregnancy but it also could just be PMS. So it's really important not to get overly obsessed with every tiny possible sign. Easier said than done, I know. So we've talked about what implantation is and when it happens in our menstrual cycle. And so it could happen sort of in the time between ovulation and your next period. So we might know that what we're experiencing is too soon for PMS and preparing for menstruation, but it can also happen quite late, about two weeks after ovulation when the period is due. And this is why we really want our luteal phase to be at least 10 days long and why it's usually anywhere between 10 to 17 days long. We need to give our body enough time for implantation to occur. So our body doesn't just give up and say, oh, well, maybe next time, while the fertilized egg is still madly trying to get to the endometrium. And this is why it's so important to look at things like our progesterone levels when trying to conceive to really make sure our luteal phase is long enough for implantation to occur. Once implantation has happened, the embryo begins to produce the pregnancy hormone HCG and levels will increase quickly, but it won't be until around the time of your missed period that they're high enough to be detected on a urine pregnancy test. For most women, implantation doesn't feel like anything because the changes happening are too insignificant to be noticed. With all of that said, let's break down our three main fertile signs and how they might be different to a typical luteal phase if fertilization and implantation have happened. Let's start with our number one, cervical mucus. We can confirm that ovulation has occurred when we've observed the change in our mucus patterns from dry to moist to wet and slippery, and then quite suddenly back to dry again. This sudden shift back to dry indicates that ovulation has happened on our peak day, the last day that we observe that fertile quality mucus. 
If the egg was fertilized and after implantation, you might notice that you feel wetter than you typically would in your luteal phase, which is generally pretty dry. You might notice more mucus than usual, and it might be thicker, gummier, and clear or white in color. As pregnancy progresses and progesterone and estrogen levels continue to rise, mucus may become even thicker, white or yellow in color, and in greater amounts. Now let's talk about your basal body temperature. Some women talk about the implantation dip, and just like the ovulation dip in the day before ovulation happens, the spike in temperature is actually more important than the dip itself. Not all women experience a dip before ovulation, just as they may not see a dip at implantation, but it's typically one day of lower basal body body temperature followed by that surge. The temperature spike that we see at ovulation is due to the sudden surge of progesterone levels produced by the corpus luteum that forms from what remains of the ovarian follicle after ovulation. This jump is anywhere from 0.2 to 0.5 degrees, and it's our way of confirming that ovulation has happened. Sometimes there's a second surge, not as obvious as that ovulation surge, but a second surge can happen around implantation, due once again to the surge in progesterone. So on your chart, you may notice a second jump in temperature about a week after ovulation, but it's definitely less subtle and not as much of a jump upwards as that ovulation spike. Finally, we have our cervix position. When we're fertile, our cervix sits higher and it's open and it's soft. When we're not fertile, it sits lower, it's firm and it's closed. If you're well practiced in tracking the changes in your cervix throughout your menstrual cycle, you may notice that your cervix stays in this fertile position after ovulation and implantation. So it's soft, it's open and it sits a little higher. Other possible implantation symptoms can include cramping. So some women will notice minor cramping around the time of implantation and again can really easily be confused with premenstrual cramping. It's thought to be due to the surge in progesterone after ovulation, but remember this happens with or without fertilization. Some women also describe abdominal tenderness, lower back pain, and everything sort of feels like a milder version of before your period begins. We might also experience implantation bleeding or spotting. Now, this is more commonly known about, but it actually only occurs in about 25 to 30% of women. It's very light and it only hangs around for a day or two. So that's the easiest way to distinguish it from your period. And again, just like ovulation spotting, it's due to the sudden shift in hormones. It usually happens a little earlier than your expected period would, and it's more a light brown or light pink spotting compared to menstrual blood that's that bright red flow that will get heavier over the next couple of days rather than going away. Nausea and vomiting are also usually one of the earliest signs of pregnancy. You might notice food aversions or changes in your appetite. You might also feel quite bloated because rising progesterone causes your digestive system to slow down. Again, though, this is pretty common pre-menstruation. Morning sickness usually kicks in around four to five weeks of pregnancy, around the time you notice your missed period. Next, we have tender breasts. Again, this is one of the earlier signs of pregnancy and is due to changes in your hormones. After implantation, HCG, estrogen and progesterone all rise quickly and many women will describe their sore boobs as their first sign of pregnancy. Again, some women experience this as a PMS symptom. 
You might also feel really tired and struggle with poor sleep. Growing a baby is hard work, and when you think about how rapidly things are growing and developing in those early weeks before we even know we're pregnant, it's no surprise that we feel tired all the time. High progesterone, just as always in the luteal phase, can make us feel more tired. Headaches. In our early pregnancy, our blood volume increases and it can take some time for our cardiovascular system to play catch up and adapt to the changes. This can cause headaches. Finally, we have mood swings. We know this is due to our hormones and likely also links to the stress of the two-week wait and the waiting until we can take a pregnancy test to figure out if all of these symptoms we're experiencing are signs of pregnancy or just PMS. It's no wonder we're moody. It's a roller coaster. And so they are the possible signs of implantation and early, early pregnancy. You might experience them and you also might not. And remember that so many women don't know that they're pregnant until a couple of months in, so it goes without saying that everyone's symptoms are different. You'll likely notice more subtle signs if you're tuned into your body and you're on high alert for the smallest symptom. But the frustrating part is that a lot of the early signs of pregnancy and implantation are very similar to what we experience during ovulation as well as in the lead up to our next period. What makes it more frustrating is that you could Google any possible symptom you're experiencing, throw in the word pregnancy, and you're going to get positive results that feed that hope that you are in the early stages of pregnancy, which can be really, really frustrating for so many women. All of these symptoms are related to shifts that occur in our hormone levels throughout our menstrual cycle, and it's really important to try not to obsess about every sign too much because you're going to be in for a really long couple of weeks otherwise. If you want to learn some survival strategies for staying sane during that time between ovulation and being able to take a pregnancy test, then have a listen to episode 27. If you learned something new or found value in today's episode, I really want to hear from you. So send me an Instagram DM, let me know what you found helpful, and let me know what you want me to talk about in upcoming episodes. So this podcast is made for you, and so I want to talk about the things that are the most important to you and to answer all of your questions. You can get today's show notes with everything that I talked about in this episode, as well as links to freebies and other related episodes at manowomenswellness.com forward slash 35. Don't forget, you can also download your free fertility roadmap to help you to get started in charting your body's fertile signs to help you to really get confident tracking how your mucus, your basal body temperature and your cervix position all change throughout your menstrual cycle. The link to grab that one is on the show notes page too. I will see you in next week's episode where we are talking ovulation predictor kits and why I think they are an absolute waste of money. Okay, bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time.
let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone, where the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.